Oh my god, those darn kids actually did it. A group of literal children, including kids as young as five years old, sued the state of Montana over their constitutional right to a clean and healthful environment. What does this mean? For, and they won, by the way. I didn't even write that in notes. They won that lawsuit. <laughs> what does this mean for Montana? And how can climate activists replicate their progress moving forward? That's what we'll be discussing here on the left wing. I'm John Cooper from Counterpoint Politics, joined by my co-host, Dr. Erica from Cocktails and Capitalism, recurring guest TJ Whitehead from Powers Taken Not Given, and first-time guest Leah from Socialist Sleuths. And with that, let's get started. So we actually covered this trial, what it was going on back in June. So um, all if you were not watching that episode, you're a new new listener, or you just uh, want a refresher, this is kind of how it all started. It all started when the state of Montana passed the dubiously titled Montana Environmental Policy Act, which, among other things, prohibited the state from considering how its energy policy impacts climate change, and specifically banning considering greenhouse gas emissions when approving new energy projects. That's right. This wasn't even about like some new fossil fuel industry. No, this is about the state refusing to take into account climate considerations when approving energy pro projects, something that basic. So this group decided to sue the state because in the state um, constitution, there is a right to a healthful environment, right? Um, so basically, the attorneys for the state of Montana fought back against this lawsuit in many different ways, but their main argument um, was that Montana's contributions to the climate crisis are too small to make any meaningful contribution uh, to that would actually impact the residents of Montana. So basically, they're using the classic, they can't expel everyone if we all skip class defense. Uh, but in her ruling, Judge Steely, uh, who was very much for the climate activists, uh, found that the state's greenhouse gas emissions are, quote, nationally and globally significant. She says, quote, Montana's greenhouse gas emissions cause and contribute to climate change and plaintiff's injuries and reduce the opportunity to alleviate the, plaintiff, the plaintiff's injuries. Uh, while this is a huge victory, the fight is far from over. There are several other states with similar lawsuits pending, and there's even a lawsuit directed at the federal government. Of course, self-proclaimed climate-friendly President Joe Biden is fighting this lawsuit in court with his DOJ proclaiming that there is no constitutional right to a stable environment. Uh, Erica, you were just talking about Maui and the devastating wildfires that happened there. Um, this is more of a positive note. This is some progress is being made. A U.S. judge has acknowledged a right to having a clean environment. And what was very important in this lawsuit that it's disproportionately impacting our young, that the young people are going to have to pay for the cost in a disproportional way than the old people. I guess my question to this group is, should we, you know, are these lawsuits going to be effective? Do we think that they're actually going to create change? Is this a, an avenue for fighting against the powers that be that are causing climate change? Um, or is this much ado about nothing and 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 are there better things that we should be doing? Yeah, so I hadn't heard about this until uh, I think Desmond sent it to me and I read it over and I kept looking for the teeth in this ruling. And because what it says is they they have to consider uh, climate impact, which look, hey, obviously it's better than saying you can't consider it. I mean, that's uh, it's obviously a victory, but I mean, it's basically saying you have to think about it. 
And I was like, all right, well, they can just ignore it if they think about it. I, I don't know. I haven't looked too much into it. But what it reminded me of was last year when Biden came out with his uh, his announcement about marijuana legalization. And I remember watching that thing and everyone was going ape shit and talking about how great this was. But I still remember everything he said. He said that marijuana is is a schedule one drug. It's classified as schedule one drug, the same classification as heroin. That doesn't make any sense. For that reason, I am asking, no, I, yeah, I'm asking the director of health and human services to initiate a process to review how marijuana is scheduled. I read that and said, that's bullshit. That doesn't mean anything at all. You're asking to initiate to a process to review. How, and by the way, you just said it's ridiculous that it's a schedule one drug. So how Who's long should it take? Everyone yeah. knows, <laughs> everyone knows marijuana is not as dangerous as heroin. It would take one day to come with those findings. That was 10 months ago and nothing. Like, of course, nothing's going to happen. So that that was the vibe I got from this. And I don't want to shit on it like too much because I, I just found out about it today. Maybe there's more to it than I than I uh, was aware of. But uh, I, I hope it does do some good. And and I it is a positive because like what they were fighting was, you know, absolutely nefarious. But I uh, I remain cautiously optimistic. You know, TJ, it, just all, all of the... The, the the COVID uh, do your own research people. That's the one subject I do encourage people to do their own research on is the effects <laughs> of uh, marijuana. But <laughs> um, question: How many of y'all have read uh, How to Blow Up the Pipeline? I've read most of it. <laughs> I have, I've officer. Read I have never read, read How to Blow Up a Pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> um, great, great book. because it's. It's a phenomenal book. Uh, I highly recommend it to anyone who even remotely considers themselves to care about leftist politics, but more importantly, climate change, um, because that's what it's about. Highly recommend it. It was a pretty short read. Uh, if I say that it's a short read, it's it's a doable read. Um, I struggle with reading. But the reason why I bring it up is because it kind of, the overall question seems to be, can we tear down the master's house with the master's tools is basically the question. Like, can we work with the system to actually get some major wins for the disenfranchised, for the people that the system is purposefully disenfranchising. And I think that it's an interesting question because of the fact that when I saw when I saw the article about it, I was obviously I was overjoyed. Like it, it's I think it's I think that most of us are so desperate for any amount of good hope that anything is like phenomenal news because we're so used to not only just the status quo, but honestly going backwards, especially in recent years. Um, and especially with how Trump has signed, what was it, more oil pipelines in the first few years of presidency than Trump did originally? I'm not, again, I will never a day in my life ever. Yeah, I will You're never right. a day in my life vote Republican. And that is never going to be the solution. But it just goes to show how similar the Republicans and Democrats are if we can say Joe Biden did this worse than Trump. Um, yeah. And it's something that he campaigned on. And I think that that's one of the things where when I looked at it, it gets me excited because of this idea in how to blow up a pipeline of there is a further left flank that right now is growing. And it has been growing since the early 2000s, specifically with climate change of people who are, and we've seen it in recent years of people who are taking more direct action. Like we're seeing it right now here in Atlanta, Georgia against the cop city thing of people actually, you know, going in the forest and protesting, which obviously then ended up with the tragic killing of um, Tortuguita. And so there are things that people are actively doing or going to the pipelines and destroying it. But 
those people will only be validated in necessity for taking further extreme measures if the more like institutional measures are falling short. And that's where I think that cases like these are landmarks because it will shift the perspective of like, we have genuinely tried working within the system. Like here in Georgia, I keep on bringing up Cop City just because it's, you know, fresh on my brain. But like the referendum ballot, what it does is that it shows that if you work within the system and it still doesn't work in your favor because they're trying to block you, at what point do we say we have to work outside of the system? Yeah. And I think that that's one of this, uh, one of the major wins of this lawsuit is that especially with the younger kids that are involved with it, that's going to be something to grow up with of like, I sued and won at the age of five. And now I am here 10 years later, and you haven't made progress. And I think that that's going to be such a radicalizing notion for us to see how working within the system doesn't necessarily lead to enough outcomes for where we're at right now in history. Um, so that's kind of my take on it. Highly recommend love- reading How to Blow Up a Pipeline, you must. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> And what a good take. I mean, I really think that, yeah, like there's, it's hard to gauge whether or not this is going to have like direct positive impacts on like, you know, is Montana going to clean up its act and, you know, try to provide a healthful, clean environment for the youth? Maybe not, but it sets a precedent for future cases. And, and it shows that we've tried the channels. We've tried the legal channels we did the things that you wanted us to do. And if those don't work, what are we supposed to do when our our world is literally burning around us? Like our future is burning down before our eyes and we're just supposed to sit here and accept that or like, oh, you know, appealing to the powers that be didn't work that I'm very, very grateful for, you know? Um, and I will be, you know, doing what I can to, to uh, shine light on the work that they're doing now and in the future. But yeah, I think that I think that's a great take <laughs> you know, that maybe this is hopeless in in its direct impacts, but the larger impacts of showing people that we did try and like, what do we do now? I think that's really, really important. So I'm not going to go as far as to say as I am confident that we can't work within the system on on this i think that this is shows that there's potential to work within the system i think that this sets legitimate legal precedent where there are a lot of places in this country and this happened in montana but like i can very much imagine a lot of very climate focused you know federal and state judges in new york in california who can put real pressure on the federal government to do things related to climate change that can use this as precedent to keep building off of it. And will that do enough in time to like stop millions of people from dying? No, it won't. But neither will blowing up a pipeline. And so like that, that I think that there is a, uh, how do I put well, this? There is a walk clear, with a big how to blow stick. Up a pipeline. I'm not saying how to blow up a pipeline is literally telling people to blow up a pipeline. What I'm saying is neither is working outside the system necessarily on its own going to do it. There's probably going to need to be a combination of factors. There's going to need to be a large group of willing people who are willing to work outside the system because their lives are directly threatened. And then a group of people within the system to go like, hey, you want to work with us, not those fuckers. You know, like you, you, you should be happy you're working with us. Let's get shit done. We're the good That's what needs to happen. Exactly. Um, It needs to be both. Go ahead, Leah. 
Oh no, I was just gonna say you. I know that you said that you didn't read it, but that's literally the okay, thesis cool. <laughs> of the book. Is that you need a diversity of tactics? Is that in order to legitimize a further flank, you need a less further flank in order? So like that's the same thing historically that we saw with FDR. Like FDR was not someone who came into office being like, "I'm going to champion any sort of bill of rights." I like he he was not someone who was inherently radical, but he was radicalized given the political opportunity of specifically the left flank of that time to put direct pressure. And the only reason why he feared the flank that was still willing to work with him was because of the further left flank that was like, we're not working with you at all. <laughs> um, and I think that that's one of those things that back to, I know that we were talking about this with the Trump indictment and just overall, you know, leftist politics. But I think my question to y'all is, at, where would you draw the line in terms of your own political because I know that I and I I'm not going to speak for Erica but considering the title of cocktails and capitalism um <laughs> I feel like I have passed that line where I do not see uh really that much benefit for me personally working within the system as much um in terms of trying to reform it I guess. And specifically when it comes to climate change, that's the thing that radicalized me the most is that capitalism will never put the climate first because it's just too profitable not to yeah. um, for them right now, for the status quo, for the people who are in control. And so I guess my question to you is, at what point do you say, okay, we drop the petitions and we grab something else? Not saying what, but you know, like get a little bit creative. Not saying I mean, crazy things. In How to Blow the Pipeline, it talks about deflating rich people's tires, okay? So, like, we're not talking about crazy, crazy things. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think that's an important point. We're, but I think regardless of where that point is for many people who are going to be radicalized and say, I don't want to work within the normal channels of power, um, you know, we're still going to be needing folks within within the current system who are advocating for the right kinds of changes. Um, you know, I, but to what you're saying, like Biden, his, his department of justice coming out and saying, there's no constitutional right to a stable climate right after this case comes down is fucking infuriating. Like if That's you want, if you want to like throw cold water on all of the young folks who are like literally like this is the one thing that we have to celebrate while Maui is burning, burning, while all these other places are burning, while the climate is changing before our eyes, like, and you're going to basically like negate this great, huge, like historic victory for youth and the climate, um, you know, in environmental justice that I, it's, it's very frustrating for me because I, I'm going to continue, I'm going to keep telling people to you know, do some like harm reduction, vote, keep out the fascists, the the worst fascists from <laughs> power, you know, do that because, you know, use the little bit of power you have within the system. But when I see things like this from Biden, it is so, so hard to say those things. It's so hard to feel like I can keep advocating for change within this, the current system because even the greatest climate president that's ever lived in America, you know, self-proclaimed. Self-proclaimed, yeah. But I mean, he, he has done more. That's not a huge bar yeah, to yeah. surmount. But, uh, you yeah, know, we're talking about war criminals. Yeah. <laughs> but even him saying, you know, coming out and just just pulling the rug out from underneath people while we're celebrating this victory is 
the worst fucking thing. It makes me so fucking furious. I'm like, ah, I don't know what to do with that. I've said before, and I'll say again, nothing has pushed me farther left than Joe Biden. Like Joe Biden, like when, when he was running, I wasn't nearly as far left as I am now. And seeing, okay, what does the centrist option get you so clearly (laughs) and obviously has pushed me so much farther left. And, you know, to connect more, you know, working class, you know, unity and solidarity when the, I mean, they're still going on, but uh, earlier on in the the Actors Guild and Screen Actors Guild strikes, Ron Perlman was on an Instagram live and he was like, um, yo, to the motherfucker who's, and he says it way more cool than I do, but he's like, the motherfucker who, who <laughs> said, we hope I mean, people are going to start losing their yeah. houses. Um, it's fine. Part what do we do? Um, the the sewer executive threatened that he's like, we hope this goes on till December and people start losing their houses. And he's like, there's multiple ways to lose a house, motherfucker. And people are criticizing him for this. They're like, they're <laughs> like, no, you're going too far. You shouldn't threaten people like that. And it's like, motherfucker, the guy, the he's he's threatening in defense. Like 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 that. That's the some, other someone side threatening said it. him. And so like to when when you ask me, Leah, do I think that things should be done with or without the system? I'm someone who sticks within the system. I, I I think that like me personal, how I can best affect change is within the system. And I think and it you know there, there's a lot of evidence suggests that nonviolent revolution is more effective than violent revolution. And if you look at his, you know, you must read how to blow up a pipeline. I will. I'm sure. And I'm sure exactly what you're saying is the, no, no, it's just that, that the first, without, the first, without the natural implication of violence, you cannot be working within the system because the other side has that. They already have it. It's become so normalized that just pointing it out makes people go, you're being The status quo is violent. Exactly. And so, yeah. I, so I think you are speaking so, a lot. Like you have to, I would never advocate for violence, but it should be plainly stated that the status quo is enacting violence on people and they will get violent if we allow it to continue. Revolution is self-defense in my opinion. But so, that's, you know, I have gotten there for years. <laughs> what, what I would say about this is, obviously, I would never advocate violence. But I do <laughs> want to say that, like, my the, the name, my, my username is Powers Taken Not Given, uh, specifically for this conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's that I, I I first heard the term from uh, Gloria Allred, and uh, she didn't coin it, apparently, or someone else, but that's when I first heard, is that if someone gives you power, that person can also take it back. If you take the power, it's fucking yours. <laughs> and now the threat, sorry, obviously no violence, but you're not going to get anything done unless your opposition is afraid of you. That's that's just the truth. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, uh, punching them in the face. It doesn't have to be that if they you need to have something on them that they are terrified of. So they will accept your terms if they if they see you as weak and is not a threat. Why would they bother working with you? I mean, they're, they're just going to ignore you and, and, and roll all over you. But uh, and as down as I was about this, I do think we have to. uh you know, feel bad for the, you know, energy companies here because they did suffer <laughs> a loss. They they did suffer a loss. Like they tried to get something done and they failed and they would have gotten away with it if it, if weren't, it weren't for those for... meddling kids. It, it's it's just, it's a real tragedy to see. But I, I am way more on Leah's side on this one is that you don't necessarily, because listen, 
Ah, I don't want to get you guys in trouble by saying this shit. <laughs> I, don't in trouble. I was trying but, so hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying so Thanks, hard guys. because uh, I was having a conversation a couple of weeks ago with my girlfriend and she was talking about how violent revolution doesn't work. Yes, it does. Like it, it, it works all the time. I mean, the only reason the United States exists is because of violent revolution. The reason the slave, we got rid of slavery was, was not revolution, but it was violence. Like we beat the Nazis with violence. Yeah. Now there were, yeah, sometimes like, uh, you know, peaceful ones work too, but it's inaccurate to say that the violent ones don't work. They work more often than the peaceful ones. And so, and the peaceful ones that do work, there needs to be a threat that's large enough that they will capitulate to you. So in the civil rights movement, you had, you know, Martin Luther King and uh, Malcolm X and uh, Medgar Evers, like people who, who openly stated socialist values. And, you know, what the United States was afraid of was, oh my God, Paul Robeson came back from the Soviet Union and said, that was the only place where I've ever been treated like a human being was with the fucking communists in the Soviet Union. So the last thing the United States government wanted was millions of black communists in the South. And they said, okay, we got to give them something because we don't want to lose that. Now, that wasn't a threat of violent revolution, but it was a threat that they were afraid of. And so working with the system, yes, but working with the system with you know, like you said, speak softly or, or loudly, but have a big stick that they are afraid of. That's that's where I stand yeah. on it. Yeah. Let's go with those kids. Okay. We <laughs> we we turned a turned a small scale legal win for some kids into a talk of should we have a violent communist revolution? We, we, yeah, we, yeah. It's like this uh, is the left wing. <laughs> um, no, no, but I, it, it's all related. And what I want to it express to, to our audience, even like the, our audience that might be like, oh, I don't know, you guys are talking a little bit, just. Keep learning. Keep thinking about it. If you disagree yeah. with us, cool. You you saw in another video where Leah threw out a th threw out a number, and we were all like, "Oh no, I don't think that's true." And we looked it up, and it was true. And we are people yeah. who research this. Hey, I was off by eight percent. You're off by no. I mean, yeah. <laughs> hey, you were way closer than I yeah. thought. I would have yeah. it was Jesus. ninety easy. Oh. I was like, yeah. So oh. cool. But what I'm saying here oh. is, I again, I'm someone who always advocates for working within the system, and but what TJ's saying is also right that the system doesn't work if there isn't a legitimate threat to and it doesn't have to be violence but a legitimate threat to the electoral chances of the people in power there is many ways to take power but the point is we need to take it and we can all talk on, on the left about how we can take it but the point is start trying to take it right now organize whatever your whatever your issue is talk to people in your community talk to people in your family about these issues. Like there's little tiny things that we can all do to talk and think about these things and organize these things. And the more we do it, whatever that is for you, and it doesn't have to be violence to be effective. It can be as simple as showing up to a parent-teacher conference, uh, not a school board meeting, sorry, or or, or voting in your local I elections. I hope that you'd go to the parent-teacher yeah, Just show up at a random parent-teacher conference. No, but <laughs> like all of those things do affect change. And as long as you're doing everything you can to affect that change, that's what we're advocating for here. Um, and, and that's the yeah. only way it's ever going to happen. Can I add one thing? Because um, I know that we're all kind of struggling to come up with examples of where violence isn't necessarily the threat, but I do just want to point out that one of the really good examples of that is the labor movement. The labor movement is not necessarily a threat of violence. It's not like these workers, when they're on strike, they go in and they break the factory. No, the threat is simply withholding labor, which hits where capitalists hurt the most, which is their pockets. Like, capitalists, you could beat them up with a stick all day, but if you don't touch their wallet, they'll be fine. 
Um, and I think that that's one of the things where climate change is going to get interesting because a lot of what, and again, I know that I keep on going back to this book, um, but How to Blow Up a Pipeline is that the violence that we are talking about, even if you are like, violence, think about it not in terms of violence against other humans, because again, I would never advocate against that, but think about like an SUV or a pipeline or things like that where are the means that are destroying the planet. That is the most extreme that uh, I think that a lot of people are taking it right now. And because it's a very realistic threat, like people are losing their homes, like in Maui, kids are, you know, they have asthma now when they never had in their family before, like, these are real threats, but labor movement, good example. Air pollution kills more people than guns do. And yet we view guns as more violent. Yeah, totally. And uh, for folks who are interested in learning more about how to blow up a pipeline and Andreas Malm, the, the author I have connected with him who, and he is going to be coming on my show in this next season. So hopefully uh, you guys can hear from him directly soon. <laughs> That's so sick. Oh my God. That's wow. That's super. Okay. I reached out to him before the movie came out and then, yeah. So hopefully. I still he's... haven't seen the movie. I've just read the book. Um, me too. But yeah, me too. I'm jealous. <laughs> That's going to be a really cool episode. <laughs>